Now is the chance to use reliable energy to grow your money with the Dominion Energy Reliability Investment. Our new investment product offers competitive returns, no maintenance fees, and flexible online access to your money. Make the reliable investment in reliable energy. The Dominion Energy Reliability Investment. To find out more, go online to reliabilityinvestment.com. That's reliabilityinvestment.com. Welcome to the Leslie Marshall Show. This is Leslie's executive producer, Mark Grimaldi, joining you each Wednesday from 3 to 4 p.m. Eastern, as I am so grateful to be doing so today. Leslie will be back next hour and the following, uh, as usual, as she is currently fulfilling her TV duties. Um, Today we're going to be joined by a... um, blogger for the Huffington Post, Michelle Tang, uh, in our first hour from 3 to 3.30. We're going to be talking about the Republican Party's move to the right. Um, And basically, Michelle uh, wrote a really good piece you can find at uh, the Huffington Post if you want to check that out. Um, We'll talk some more about that during this hour. And then in the second half hour, we're going to be talking about student loan debt ballooning up to $1.3 trillion of student loan debt in the United States and uh, how the Democratic candidates, Hillary Clinton and Bernie Sanders, are proposing tackling that debt and expanding access to uh, public universities and colleges. So, as I noted in the first half hour, we are now joined by our guest, Michelle Tang of the Huffington Post. Michelle, thanks for joining us. Thanks so much for having me, Mark. Absolutely. Now, I, um, you know, I've been kind of having a, a very you know, similar feeling about the Republican Party moving further to the right um, just over the past, I would say, five to ten years. But, um, you know, looking at your piece, um, you actually explored uh, what would have been, I think, a little over 20 years um, as we'll get into kind of how you did that. Um, And I noticed some of the changes that you did thanks to uh, some of the writing you did um, in your piece. And, you know, it helps to kind of quantify that. So I wanted to get into that. But before I did, um, you know, the first thing you kind of wrote, um, which I think a lot of us, you know, note in the United States with our politics as we get older seem to change. um, And you thought you might change political parties as you got older. Tell us about uh, that thought process for you. Yeah, um, you know, I, I don't actually recall talking a lot about politics as I was growing up, possibly because my mom voted Republican and my dad voted Democrat, and maybe they learned that wasn't a fun thing to talk about. But someone had told me that if you aren't a Democrat when you're young, you have no heart, and then if you aren't a Republican when you're older, you have no mind. So when I started voting in 84, um, I was at a really liberal university, and I always voted Democrat. But I assumed that once I owned a house and had a family and couldn't do the IRS 1040 easy form anymore, I'd probably want to vote the Republican ticket just to help keep what I was working so hard, you know, to earn. Um, but then what I found is that as, you know, as time went on, the Republican Party of my youth wasn't actually there anymore as I got older. You know, I'm almost 50 now, and it's just, it's not the same Republican Party. And you were, you kind of wrote that, you know, you don't think that the, the Republican Party is committed to your taxes anymore. And also, you know, a second note that you found um, is that they don't seem to be committed to women in general. Um, and these were kind of some thoughts that you were noticing, but you kind of wanted to um, verify and then quantify them, I guess, if you want to call it that, um, you know, these changes. So how did you kind of go about doing that as you detailed a little bit in the piece, if you want to just kind of give us uh, a little bit of that information? 
Oh, yeah. Yeah, not a problem. So I, I had a gut feeling that there was less of a focus on taxes, which was always kind of what I thought would be pulling me to the Republican side. Um, but I wanted to see if I could quantify it in some way. Um, I, I didn't know if it was an official or a documented change or if maybe it was just something that isn't as exciting to talk about as immigration or terrorism or abortion. And it could be that it was still uh, taxes were a focus for the party, but just not a big talking point for the candidates. So I thought um, I might be able to compare the party platform statements from several different years to see if there was an actual shift in official policy. And uh, honestly, before this, I don't think I'd ever read a complete platform statement. They're all pretty filled with rhetoric and blah, blah, blah. But I went with the thought that smart people work for months on these to craft a message that they think is going to resonate with the base they're trying to reach. So it seemed like the platforms might be a good place to start. Um, and then, so I found the platforms themselves online. The University of California at Santa Barbara has a project that puts them online into text format. So I was able to copy the text. I used the um, 1984 Republican Party platform, comparing it to the 2012 Republican Party platform, copied the text, put each of them in their own Word documents, and then I thought that I could use um, the find function to let me see if there were measurable changes in how often certain words were used in each document. The hope was that that would maybe provide something quantifiable. So, um, And then when you I did that, you know, you started off um, with looking for taxes first, and you, you did what I thought was a good idea. You kind of, um, I think you said you, you looked for the word tax, so it would include any other phrases that included that, right? Yeah, I did um, tax because I thought I'd get taxation and taxes, and, and it did. It did just fine. But what I found, so when I searched on the word tax in um, the 84 Republican Party platform, um, I found that they had mentioned that word or or a variation thereof um, 130 times, whereas in 2012 it was mentioned 97 times. And when I crunched those numbers, that showed a reduction of about 25% in um, mentions of the word tax. So at this point, I thought, well, I wonder if it's a universal issue. Maybe nobody talks about tax as much as they did anymore. So I pulled up the 84 and the 2012 Democratic platforms, ran them through the same process just to see if they showed a similar result. And what I found was that, conversely, the 84 Democratic platform mentioned tax 62 times, but in 2012 it was actually mentioned 82 times. So there was an actual increase in the Democratic mentions of the word tax by 32%. So if you, you know, going by that, and it is surprising if you think about it, because today's Republicans, you know, talk very big on, you know, the the debt and, you know, basically um, how we're going to handle that. Yet they don't really talk about, you know, and yet they want to cut, you know, they want to cut taxes, um, but they also want to reduce the debt. So it's like, you know, it's very interesting, especially if you think about the 2012 Republicans, which, you know, a lot of them were left over from the 2010 wave of the Tea Partiers coming in who, you know, their whole big thing is taxation without representation. They're supposed to be like the Tea Party. So um, I thought it was really interesting um, looking at that and looking at that platform, um, that that's the kind of changes that you found. And and then conversely, um, that the Democratic platform had an increase of almost a third talking about taxes. And I think it just goes to show that, you know, what we hear in the media about, you know, Republicans are, and not all the media, obviously, but you do hear, oh, Republicans are, you know, 
concerned about your your taxes and, and saving you money and you know Democrats just want to spend 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 yet you know it almost seems to have gone the complete opposite direction um, and I think that's one of those things that I really like that you were able to actually say okay let's let's separate the spin for a minute here and let's actually go in and look at the actual data and and as you said this is the party's platform so this is um, I thought you you know very accurately said someone spends a lot of time on trying to to write what is the direction of their party not what can you get past with this current congress or you know what can you do despite whatever the party of the president in power but what is the vision for your party so this would be the most you know ambitious type of writing you can imagine and you see that type of change i I just i found it very surprising um i guess even though i had my suspicions but once i actually saw those numbers you know it kind of verified you know some changes that i i felt that i heard coming um out of the mouths and obviously out of the um pens or computers or keyboards i guess you would say of republicans so after you found this did that kind of surprise you or did you just think like okay this is kind of what i i suspected and now i kind of have some hard evidence of it yeah i mean i think obviously whenever you're doing research you're looking for a specific result and i felt like it it absolutely validated what i felt in my in my gut that there just wasn't that much discussion anymore about taxes and more than that i felt like it had to be purposeful because like you said you know they they pull over this you know time and time again if it if it was something i could find you know honestly fairly quickly when you start running through getting things loaded up and running through the data, if I can find it that quickly, you know they had to have thought about it. It had to have been a concept that they thought about. How much are we going to talk about taxes? Oh, absolutely, especially with what they, you know, talk about how they are supposedly making it such a focus of their party and trying to help the American people. Um Michelle, after we uh, come back from this break, I want to talk about the other parameter that you searched, which was changes in how the Republican Party uh, talks about women, or if they do at all, and if so, how they talk about them. So uh, we're going to talk about that after break with Michelle Tang, who writes a blog for the Huffington Post, generally focused on politics and religion. Uh, Michelle worked for 20 years in high-tech marketing in Silicon Valley and is currently enjoying working from home and writing, as she did with this piece called Where Did the Republican Party Go? You can find it at the Huffington Post. Com. Uh, we'll be right back after this quick break. If you want to give us a call and talk with Michelle or myself about this and how you feel the Republican Party has changed over the past 20 years, you can do so at 888-6-LESLIE. That's 888-653-7543. This is Mark Romaldi in for Leslie Marshall. We'll be right back after this quick commercial break. Life, liberty, and the pursuit of truth. The Leslie Marshall Show, 888-6-LESLIE. Marshall Show. This is Mark Grimaldi, Leslie's executive producer, guest hosting from 3 to 4 p.m. Eastern today and every Wednesday. And as I uh, was discussing before the break with our guest, Michelle Tang, who writes a blog for the Huffington Post. Um, Michelle, uh, as I alluded to, um, you also did some research regarding the difference in party platforms for the Republicans between 1984 and 2012 when it comes to women. Um, What did you find uh, in researching that? 
I um, I actually hadn't specifically walked in thinking that I would look at women, um, but when I was searching on tax, it was surprising to me that in 84 there was so much discussion about women in relation to tax. So at that point I started searching on the term women between the two platforms to see if, if there really was um, a huge mention in 84 and whether that was consistent in 2012. Um, and what I found was there was actually a really significant shift in the way that the Republican Party mentioned and treated women between the two different party platforms. Um, in 84, the Republican platform mentioned women 40 times, and um, in 2012, it mentioned women only seven times, which was an 83% reduction. Wow. Um, so at that point, I thought I'd also check the Democrats just to make sure that, again, you know, we've made, women have made a fair amount of strides in the last 30 years, so it could be that it's just not as much of a focus. But, um, in fact, the Democratic Party platforms um, were pretty much flat. The, the 84 platform mentioned women 40 times, and the 2012 one mentioned women um, 42 times. So it was a tiny little increase, but in the interest of fairness, we'll call it flat. And when you... Um we're looking at the mentions of women um, by the Republican Party in the 2012 platform. Um, it was not it wasn't always a, a good talk about women. It was kind of like um, I'm trying to find the part in your piece that you talked about. But essentially it, it was, you know, looking at things like abortion and, you know, things that didn't really seem that it would help women more as to kind of how they would regulate women or their bodies. It was um, it was a little bit interesting. So in '84, it was they they put 1,400 words in the 1984 um, platform in regard to women and programs, and it was mainly like economic stimulus programs and ways to involve women in government at higher levels and in corporations at higher levels. Conversely, in 2012, um, it was uh, of the seven mentions of women, three of them were in regard to reversing Roe versus Wade, and and were very much. Um, anti-choice. So and almost then, half, um, three of seven. Three of seven. And the thing that actually jumped out at me the most, though, was the change in tone, because in 84, it felt like it was very much a positive tone about how women could succeed and how the Republican role was to put programs in place to help women succeed, whereas in 2012, it was much more about it felt almost like the 1950s. It was like, how can we protect women? How can we help them through the challenges that they're facing? It, it was not much about success. It was more about protection and, and you know, aiding. Very, I think very interesting finding is, and kind of verifies what I think a lot of us have uh, suspected. I want to go to a caller, Wayne in uh, Mexico, who um, says he was a Republican until uh, 2000 when he changed to an independent. And uh, Wayne, I wanted to bring you on and just kind of ask you, um, why did you make that change? And um, what do you think of some of the findings that uh, Michelle and I have been discussing? Well, uh, thank you for taking my call. It's great to talk to you, Mark. And of course, respect to Michelle from the Huffington Post. Great uh, group of people. Uh, I changed after I saw a debate back in about the year 1999 between a Texas governor and a southern senator, and I just was so disgusted by the whole debate. What I heard and saw that, you know, I didn't really want to be a member of either party, especially the Republican Party, uh, which I was a member of at the time. It was just such an uninspiring debate. Uh, you know, generally there was nothing that either side had to say to average people like me, 
you know, people who over the last 15 years have become casualties of the last 15 years, poor policies, uh, failed omnibus bills, stagnant wages, just that whole post 9-11 lethargy. So, you know, I was just over it. And I quickly uh, decided to become non-declared in our state because we don't have independence. And so, sadly, the worst result of that is I can't really get too involved in politics, especially uh, primaries. I can only do general elections. You know, but I am proudly independent and right in the middle, but I just can't throw my weight behind the Democrats. I never have because just like with the Republicans, there's way too much uh, corporate money. Uh, Our senators and congressmen are decent people, but really not strong leaders that, you know, they don't remind me of like Kennedy as he was suffering with his brain tumor and he would just go into the Senate and just make these impassioned, beautiful speeches. You know, I just, Oh man. Yeah. Comparing, comparing anybody right now to, to, to the, to the line of the Senate, Ted Kennedy, I think is definitely a tough sell. And I think that's, you're right. I mean, that's what we should hold our, our um, politician standard too. I want to thank you for calling. That was Wayne in New Mexico. Um, unfortunately, we have to let him go due to time. We only have a minute left um, here with Michelle. Um, Michelle, what did uh, so? Just kind of the main takeaway you want to leave everyone uh, with with this piece. What was your main takeaways from your research you did? Well, I think the main takeaway for me was that th- there has been this huge shift um, by the Republican Party into much more of a right wing um, stance, and you see maybe a slighter corresponding shift from the Democratic Party a little bit towards center. But the upshot is there's this giant hole right now in the middle. And I think when you look at people like Donald Trump emerging um, from, like, literally out of nowhere as a political figure, I think you're seeing people trying to fill that hole. And just, just like Wayne was saying, actually, in New Mexico, there's a, I think there's a demand for people that are, are more moderate, and there's just nothing to fill that right now. Michelle, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, I really appreciate it. That was Michelle Tang of the Huffington Post. Um, You can find her on Twitter. Um, It is at Michelle underscore Tang. That's M-I-C-H-E-L-L-E underscore T-A-N-G.